This is Pulse 95. Pulse 95. A story to tell. Pulse 95 Live at the IGCF. Discussing a future of better communication for behavioural change and human development. Welcome back to the 8th International Government Communication Forum. Live here from Sharjah Expo Centre. It is Pulse 95 with me, Sally Musa and... Omar Basadi. We are here. There's so much going on. Of course, Omar, today, uh, the headline speaker was going to be uh, Larry King. But unfortunately, he has fallen ill and um, he wasn't able to make it. But he did send a message to to the crowds here. Well, you know, it's quite sad. I mean, honestly, it was one of the things that I was uh, looking forward to. Uh, and I kind of told my entire family, uh, please, uh, uh, we want to get like, you know, Larry King's going to be on. Everybody tune in. My mom woke up early morning. But yeah, he's not coming because uh, Larry King is sick. So he apologized. It was a very um, thought-provoking message. And he was like, I'm really sorry. I can't yeah, come. It was really sad. Yeah, I'm really feeling for him because you could hear it actually in his voice that yeah. he was not well. Um, and, uh, you know, I'm sure that yeah. we will be hearing more from Gary, yeah, uh, yeah. from from Larry, in Larry. fact, um, and wishing him a speedy recovery. Uh, somebody who has just stepped into our Pulse 95 studio, Andrew Keane. Yes. He is taking a seat as we speak. He has been on the main stage this morning. We're just uh, setting him up with his microphone as we speak right now. Andrew Keane is an entrepreneur, author, and broadcaster. He is one of the world's best-known contemporary analysts of digital business and culture and the digital revolution. He is the executive director of the Silicon Valley Innovation Salon, Futurecast, and the host of the popular internet chat show Keane On, and uh, as well as being an author of many books, including The Internet Is Not The Answer, Digital Vertigo, and his latest, how to fix the future. Andrew, welcome to IGCF in Charger. Well, thank you for having me. Andrew, I'm only disappointed uh, that I did not bring my copy of How to Fix the Future for you to sign. I, I was like, no, I couldn't believe it because I was in such a rush. We were super excited to meet everyone here. And then I just realized when I got to Sharjah, I was like, I didn't get my copy and Andrew, Andrew can't sign my book because I'm a big fan of, uh, you know, this subject about the future. In fact, I even have a show on Pulse 95 called Future Talk. Wow. Uh, so we, we literally discuss everything about the future, but we're definitely going to have to talk about uh, the future with you because then we're going to play that clip on my show. Uh, yeah, later than well, this next week. Well, tell me about the future. Yeah. Well, uh, uh, we'll tell you about the future, but you know, the for us, we talk about the future is going to be quite scary with the whole uh, emergence of AI and robotics and everything. And I think that's something that you touched upon. You said that you're, you know, you're not a fan of the internet and what the internet was, what promised, what it promised people it was going to do with, you know, maybe have more transparency, democracy, etc. It's doing vice versa. Well, yeah, I, when I, say, I, I wouldn't say I'm not a fan of the internet. What I would say is I've been disappointed so far with uh, the results of the digital revolution. We were promised more democracy, more mm. equality, more opportunity, more jobs, the spreading of information and wealth, and that hasn't really happened. What we've had is a condensation of power and money and rather than a cultural renaissance, we've had more and more ignorance, mm. uh, more and more narcissism. Um, you know, we have someone like Donald Trump in power in the U.S. who's 
the real first internet president. He's a, an extreme narcissist who uses the platform very effectively. We have huge trillion dollar companies uh, that aren't spreading the wealth, that are doing away with innovation. So, so far I've been disappointed. Yeah. But it's early days, so there's still lots of opportunity for things to be turned around. And that's why I wrote my book, How to Fix the Future. It's a, rep it's a recipe for fixing all this stuff. How do we fix the future? Because, Andrew, what's interesting, we have just celebrated the 30th anniversary of the internet itself. And, um, you know, a lot of people would say to you, well, we've actually um, been able to connect with our families across the world, particularly, you know, as we are, uh, you know, living here as expats and, and we have family elsewhere. It's been great for that. But, you know, you say actually um, the internet has done far more damage than it has uh, good in the world. Well, we're seeing a, a broad crisis of democracy around the world from Brexit and Trump to the disappearance of democracy in countries like Hungary, Turkey, uh, maybe even Italy. We have a new kind of digital totalitarianism in China. We have a, a deeply authoritarian government in, in Russia. And much of that is bound up, I think, with the digital revolution, with the echo chamber nature of our culture with the way in which in a crisis of trust, where there's more and more of a scarcity of trust, we long for leaders, we long for charismatic. Uh, so, so rather than more democracy, actually we have more authoritarianism. It's all too easy to blame the internet. I think that's much too simplistic. Mm. But there's no doubt that the digital revolution and this crisis of democracy and the rise of authoritarianism around the world. They're all connected. Mm. Do you think it's going to change? Well, I think it could change if we do what we've always been good at, we humans, which is displaying our agency and fixing stuff. We've always been good at two things, human beings. We've always been good at breaking the future and then fixing it. So in my book, I talk about the ways in which the Industrial Revolution got fixed through unions, through laws prohibiting children working in factories, through laws um, doing away with pollution. Now, we still know we have global warming, yeah. so some of the consequences of the Industrial Revolution haven't been fixed. Yeah. But the big issue is agency. The big issue is humans taking responsibility mm. for their own affairs. In my book, I call this Moore's Law, but not named after Gordon Moore, the co-founder of Intel. Thomas Moore. Thomas More, the 16th century English philosopher and lawyer who yeah. wrote Utopia, uh, because he, in his book, he talked about our responsibility to make our own history. So we need agency, and then that's the kind of meta theme. And then there are five pillars of fixing, fixing things, five mm. things we've always done, we've always used when we're trying to fix the future. Regulation, um, innovation, consumer power, citizen engagement, and education. And we need uh, to utilize all those pillars. We want to come back with you. Stay with us, Andrew. We want to come back with you uh, and talk a bit more how we need to change in all of those areas. And my question to you will be, uh, after the break, is um, it's interesting you say we need more agency, but some would argue we've never had so much agency before, thanks to the digital age. We continue the conversation next with Andrew Keane right here on Pulse 95. This is Pulse 95. Pulse 95. A story to tell. 
Pulse95 live at the International Government Communication Forum. Yes, you're back with us live from IGCF 2019 and with us here at the Pulse95 studios is Andrew Keane, uh, who is a, an author and a broadcaster and somebody who uh, talks uh, very much about the impact that the digital age has had on us as a society, as people. Um, and coming back to your point, Andrew, uh, about the way uh, that the digital age has shaped democracy or destroyed it, in fact. Um, you know, one of the biggest things that came up in the last presidential campaign for uh, Mr. Trump was the idea of fake news and, and mm. putting that out there and holding, um, you know, the biggest social networks like Facebook accountable for the impact of, of, of what's happened, of what's transpired. Your thoughts on this? Well, in 2007, I wrote a book called Cult of the Amateur, which suggests that if we do away with curators, if we do away with experts, if we do away with the, the gatekeepers like you guys, then our culture is degraded and it lends itself to corruption. Mm. Anyone can claim anything. Anyone can put out information that is false or biased or propagandistic. And that's exactly what's happened with Facebook. They don't have editors. They don't have fact checkers. Anyone can publish anything. And the viral nature of social media lends itself to um, efficient professional liars, mm. whether they're paid for by Vladimir Putin or Donald Trump or some neo-Nazi organizations. These are the people who are really profiting from this world where truth uh, has been destroyed. So that that's a, a huge problem which we need to address because without truth, there can't really be any viable way of having a, um, a, a coherent society. What is the, the solution? I mean, you know, is it more regulation? Is it Facebook taking responsibility for the way that it puts information out? Uh, you talk about as well more agency for us as users of these platforms. And some would say we've never had more agency. So talk to us about the, the solution, which is not just one thing. It's quite holistic. Isn't right. It? That's the point. It's not just one thing. So there's an educational element. There's an element of regulation, finding these companies when they profit from these uh, viral untruths, when they profit from uh, organized trolls from Putin mm. or elsewhere. Uh, but it's also the need for, for consumers to stand up and demand better products as they've done in the past with the food industry or the automotive industry. Yeah. And for citizens to become more responsible. We all have a responsibility. Maybe we should be paying for news. We pay for our devices. We pay for our water, for our, our rent, for our coffee. Mm. Uh, the best way to get reliable news is to pay for it. And the most reliable sources are behind paywalls on the Financial Times or the New York Times or the Wall Street Journal. So this idea of free information was also incredibly corrosive. It was one of the supposedly idealistic visions of early digital entrepreneurs and citizen, pioneers. Citizen journalism. Yeah. yeah. Well, the idea that you shouldn't have to pay for, for your news. You should have to pay for your news because how else are journalists like you going to be paid? Mm. Uh, and, and, and we've seen the decimation of newspapers. And the only way in which newspapers are surviving is by charging people for their news. Mm. Uh, and, and you have to have paid editors. Facebook and Google are so profitable because they don't have editors. They have algorithms. And algorithms are easy to cheat. Well said.
That was very deep. <laughs> <laughs> really vital. I love that. <laughs> okay, you've written uh, so many different books. You were the, one of the first to uh, look at the internet and, and say, you know, this is not going where it should be. We are here in Sharjah. We are at the uh, International Government Communication Forum. What is your vision now, you know, for encouraging that agency as well and getting people to be more aware about the impact of what we're seeing? Well, the most important thing, of course, is to read my book, How to Fix the Future. <laughs> <laughs> we, we have, I have. No, I think uh, it's, um, you know, we live in an age where of, of quick fixes. We live in an age where we think, oh, well, the future's broken. There should be an app for that. But of course there isn't. And just as it took generations to fix some of the more egregious elements of the Industrial Revolution, whether it was inequality, child labor, pollution, so it's going to take generations to fix this stuff. But we need to get going now, because if we don't begin now, uh, the crisis is going to deepen and become insoluble in the future, particularly as AI is on the horizon. Now, AI is good in many ways, but it also replicates us. So coming back to this issue of agency, what are we going to do in a world where um, uh, smart machines replace us in the workplace? Smart machines replace not just menial labor, not just people who make hamburgers or cars, but engineers and doctors and lawyers and perhaps even broadcasters. So the challenge is figuring out what we are going to do, and that requires agency. And we've got to figure out the stuff that the algorithm can't do, which is being creative, which is being empathetic, which is being able to look at one another in the eye and understand the complexity of the world and the human condition. Uh, but it requires us to stand up for ourselves. Agency can't be handed down by government. Mm. It can't be handed down by our elders. It's not passed on by institutions. So Moore's law, as I argue in my last book, is really critical, but it's a human Moore's law, not a technological one. Andrew Keane, author of How to Fix the Future, thank you so much for joining us on Pulse95. Well, thank you for having me and being so enthusiastic. I uh, appreciate it. <laughs> what a pleasure. Amazing. This is Pulse95. Pulse95. A story to tell.